Hello and welcome to part two of my look at the Judge Dredd role-playing games. So the second role-playing game based on Judge Dredd was by Mongoose Publishing in 2002. And this was their first step at doing a Judge Dredd role-playing game. And the second one some years later was using the Traveller system, which I will cover in part three. So the rules are based on D20 and it is a 178-page full-colour hardcover book with a picture of Dread on the cover. I believe in total there was 14 supplements released for the D20 version, in addition to some support in the in-house magazine, Sign and Portance. The game itself does is not standalone. You require the Dungeons & Dragons 3.5-player handbook to be fully usable. To be fair to the book, it gives a ton of background information about Mega City One and its citizens, where they live, where they eat, and all that sort of stuff. So there's plenty of background information on the Dread, Dread Universe if you're not used to it. The mechanics use the standard D20 system, where you're rolling a D20, plus your attack bonus, plus either your strength or dexterity modifier, and you are exceeding a defense value not the armor class to hit. This was one change they made to the rules. And your defense value is 10 plus your reflex save bonus. So instead of the static bonus on armor class that D&D used in 3.5, armor class is used to give a damage reduction. Some weapons were so good at penetrating armor that their armor pacing value was higher than the damage reduction. And if that was the case, then it would go straight to the armor. Otherwise, your armor reduced any damage you received. The skills in this book were limited at this given the book and overrode the skill list in the 3.5 player's handbook. Some of the skills were carried across, but their uses were slightly modified. There's also a new list of feats to add to the previous feats. And like in the normal D20 system, some of those feats are only usable by judge PCs. So, on to character creation. You could only play one race, and that was human, and there was no bonus languages. When you created your judge, they had a set equipment list, which never changed the known buying equipment. And, as in the normal D&D, it's a class-based system, and there are three classes, street judge, side judge, or citizen. Street judges were quite beefy, and you started off at third level. Although you could play a first level cadet or second level rookie if you really wanted to, but it was designed that you started at third level and you get a d12 hit points. Judges get a bonus general or judge feat at every level in addition to the 3.5 feat method of giving a feat every three levels. What is quite clever as well, the citizen class was subdivided into subclasses so if you picked a citizen class then you could pick one of the what they called prior life templates and these were things like city defense a gambler jetball player punk etc so it kept overall number of character classes down by introducing the subclasses as in the previous version of judge dread there is a comprehensive list of equipment from the comics but now the, it includes stats for the Lawgiver 2, which was the new weapon brought out in the timeline of 2120. The difference between the Lawgiver 1 and Lawgiver 2 was 
the updated version could fire fully automatic and all the ammunition was held in a single book magazine, so no swapping between magazines. There was also some slight changes to the round types. Vehicles are covered in the book and the rules are designed for simplicity rather than accuracy, so I think it's more like to zip along than to make it more difficult. There's also rules for robots, and robots only have strength and dexterity abilities, and a hit dice of 1d12. Robots do not have saving throws and are proficient with weapons they are fitted with. The skills and feats for robots is replaced with software packages and with a software package that allowed them to pick a number of feats and skills. Psionics is covered, which is the magic system, which used PowerPoints, and there are powers, and they've all been specifically written for the Dread Universe, so that are not potted across from 3.5, you'd be pleased to know. There's a good bestiary, and what I really liked about the bestiary was it had rules for making your own sorts of monsters up, so you could make something completely new up and throw it at your players. Besides making the monsters up, there's also rules there for some predetermined beasts, and you've got the walking, talking apes, dinosaurs, footsies, mutants, and werewolves are all in there. What is surprising though, that nowhere in the book does it give stats for Judge Dredd. I believe one of the supplements actually has the stats for Dredd, but as I've not got it, I couldn't tell you which one of the supplements it is. The book finishes with some great GM advice. You've got um, rules for intimidating criminals, making arrests using the 3.5 system. There's the organisation of the laws, uh, uh, the laws, uh, the organisation of the Justice Department. So all the stuff that was in the previous uh, RPG is again covered here. There's a chapter on perps and how to form perp gangs, uh, as well as some more classes for perps. Uh, adding things like assassins and cat burglars. There's another chapter on suggestions on running the game in Mega City 1 and some campaign ideas. And there's an updated timeline for Mega City 1, which is obviously 20 years after the first game. And as I said in the previous, in the previous episode, the timeline always moves on in Judge Dredd following the yearly comics is a year in the life of Mega City 1. So what are my thoughts on the D20 version? Well, the D20 version has some pros and cons. The pros are, if you already know how to play D&D, and specifically 3.5, it's a way for you to jump into another genre, going from your fantasy D&D to a sci-fi version. So it's familiar. And I think it's a good way for people who are, have grown up with D&D to play a new period and a new type of game but using the core mechanics that they're used to but this is also its largest con because to me judge dread just doesn't sit well as a dnd system the class system it just doesn't have a good fit and i think that if you're a judge dread fan then this book is really missing something for you and this is probably why that later on Mongoose Publishing had a second stab at, at doing a Judge Dredd role-playing game, which I will cover in part three. So that's my uh, thoughts on Judge Dredd, the D20 RPG. 
I can't really recommend it over the Games Workshop version. It's got some updated uh, information that you might be might want over the Priest version for weapon stats and, and stuff like that. But no, D20, I don't think, is a good fit for Judge Dredd. And we have some call-ins, so let's go over to those. I'm enjoying these uh, reviews you're doing lately, Pete. The fact you're picking out some less well-known systems. I can't remember the name, the mouse one. And now Prince Valiant. It sounds interesting. I know you like your dice pulls. I like the idea of them. I don't, I don't think I've played in many except perhaps the PIP system. Oh, there might be more. Oh, yeah, back in the day, Star Wars D6 and stuff like that. I'd like to play more. And these, uh, Some of these games that take an IP, like Prince Valiant, and there's some supporting fictional material, especially images and stories. that I, I, I'm thinking they would drop right into your game, stuff like that, and, and Mouse Guard. That's great. I'd love to see more of that type of thing, exploring some of those different settings. So, good job. Thanks for that call in, Colin. I'm glad you are enjoying the reviews. Yeah, I thought that if I can cover some of the less well-known games, then it's more beneficial. Because if you go on the web, you can find lots of reviews on your D&Ds and your Pathfinders. So, if I can, I'd like to try and cover something just a little bit different. With regards to dice pools, I think dice pools work really well together in a face-to-face game. Um, I think there's something tactile about dice pools. Really is. People seem to enjoy it. Don't I haven't played it online, so I'm not sure if a dice pool works as well online. But I suppose I, I will try it out at some point to see if it does. So uh, thanks for the call in, Colin, and I'll speak to you again soon. Hi Pete, it's Barry here from the Shadow of the DM podcast. Um, just calling in after your joint review did with John on the um, Ventures of Tannis material um, to say that it was really good, I really enjoyed it. Quite a good deep dive of the material. I follow him on MeWe, so I've seen a few of the things come out of some of his settings. He's very Cthulhu Mythos inspired, very much out there in the way he thinks, but I really like that with him because it really does make some sort of things I would never think of. Um, as for the cover art, I'd get shot if I brought that into my house. My wife um, has very strong opinions on that since we had a daughter. Interestingly, she didn't used to care about that kind of things, but since we had a daughter, she had very strong opinions about anything that sexualizes women, so I have to be very careful about my old RPG materials and stuff that she comes across. Um, so maybe a PDF would be in order for that one that I can hide the cover from her, so we'll have to see about that in the future. But anyway, just thought I'd add that flip-out comment on the end, but keep up the good work and keep up the reviews really enjoy kind of other people's opinions on material so thanks speak to you soon bye thanks for that Colin Barry yeah I think maybe you are better off getting the PDF don't want to upset the family now it was nice to meet up with Barry at the Burton sci-fi and fantasy con I got into a game with 5e with him so it was great to put a face to a name and we had a good time I don't think Barry's character died mine did it two or three times so thanks a lot, Barry, and you can check out his podcast at the Shadow of the GM. Hey, Pete, Jason, your Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Really enjoyed your joint review with John Allen Large, Red Dice Diaries. I, you know, the product's what it is, but I thought you two did a, did a good job. You played off each other well. It was I enjoyed it, so I look forward to the, 
more reviews with the two of you or different combinations of the worms. And uh, take care and talk to you soon. Hi, Jason. Thanks for those kind words. Unfortunately, John and myself couldn't get into the uh, together to do that review. So what we ended up doing was doing it in two parts. John did his side of the review and then sent me the files. So I listened to what he'd said. I did the same and gave my views on the book and then sent them back to John. And then if there was anything else that he wanted to add, he did so at a later date. So the problem with scheduling is trying to get in the same room together or get on the same stream together. But I think it worked out well together. And um, hopefully we'll manage to do something like that again in the future. Hey up, Pete, Shandy, Andy here. Just wanted to say a big thank you for your recommendation for my um, request for a sort of light version of RuneQuest um, that I put out in the Audio Dungeon uh, Design Talk channel. Uh, I've ordered the Open Quest as it looks very, very interesting. I must admit, um, I show my ignorance slightly here. I've not even heard of D101 games. Um, I really need to... Uh, broaden my horizons I think in the number of uh, games that I'm aware of and the number of companies out there is it uh, still a fairly narrow uh, band that I'm aware of but um, cheers for that uh, it looks excellent I'm looking forward to receiving it I I've decided to order the hardback I'm, I'm down to, <laughs> I'm trying to restrict myself to just uh, one or two books a month so this is going to go down to my quota for January <laughs> cheers mate much appreciated that was a call-in from Shandy Andy from B2 Unguarded Treasure. He was referring to the Open Quest D100 game. I'd recently played in a RuneQuest Glorantia game that uh, Andy had kindly run for myself and a couple of others, and we had a great time. But what we all said was, without the character sheets and the Roll20 character sheets, there was a little complication for RuneQuest and someone coming new into the hobby without that or someone not familiar with the rules without those character sheets was really struggling and Andy had mentioned uh, post the game that he was looking out for a simpler D100 system that would give him the same for more vibe that RuneQuest gave him and I asked him if he'd heard of OpenQuest and OpenQuest is by Newt Newton it's uh, he's a big RuneQuest fan but was always concerned about the complication of RuneQuest so he wrote his own hack of it using the OGL that Mongoose set out and has written a stripped down version of RuneQuest, which gives all the flavor and is nice and easy to run and to play. So I'm sure that we'll hear from Andy on that one in due course how he found it. To me, it certainly looks to fit the bill and I'd be interested to find out what he thinks of it. Well, that wraps it up for another episode. I've got a few more reviews up my sleeve. Obviously, we're going to continue with Judge Dread, but I've also had a request for everyone, the Barbarians of Lemuria, generic rules. I still haven't got round to doing Blake 7, which I bought around Christmas time, and a few other bits and pieces. So, still got plenty of content to put out there. So, I will speak to you all again soon, and I'll see you all on the flip side. You have been listening to the Dragons Are Real podcast. My name is Pete Jones. You can find more information at my website at petejones.neocities.org or at my blog at dragonsarealpodcast.tumblr.com.
The opening music was Fireflies and Stardust by Kevin MacLeod. The closing music, also by Kevin MacLeod, was Fretless 